Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, our service members, and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty, as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Second hour of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. Thanks for being here with us, everybody. A couple of uh, things I want to get you on the border here. Clay and I want to talk to you about this and and how it's affecting uh, the rest of of the country. One thing I thought was very interesting. Um, well, you're seeing a shift among Democrats because they realize that this has become a political liability. And when you have, as we played for you last week, the mayor of America's largest city, New York City, my hometown. I'm still a New Yorker, even if I'm currently hanging out in Miami. Um, when you have a mayor of America's largest city saying that one issue will quote, destroy the city. That starts to get people's attention. Um, now, the way the Democrats are trying to frame this, I should note, is that somehow when you have a Democrat White House pushing open borders Democrat policies and then a Democrat state, New York, and a Democrat city, New York City, that are sanctuary jurisdictions, Somehow it is the Republicans' fault, or or perhaps, Clay, this is a version of uh, the always, always ready for the Democrats, um, Republicans' pounce. You know, this is what they say. When Democrats have done something that is just so stupid, it's indefensible even to their own side, which the migrant crisis, particularly in New York, but in other cities as well, has become, it turns into Republicans are leveraging this they are weaponizing this political issue it's well you're the ones who did it to yourselves you're the ones who refused to stop it here is mayor adams trying to do a little bit of damage control after the oh but 
it's republic uh, it's going to destroy the city but it's republicans fault for talking about this play it Critics on the right have noted that New York City is a sanctuary city, and this migrant crisis comes with that territory. What do you say to those who think you relinquish your right to complain about the stresses it places on your city because of that? Well, I I think that those comments coming from those far-right Trump-like Republicans who are continuing to try to distort the reality that we do not have real immigration reform, that we should allow a true decompression strategy, protect our borders in the right way, and make sure that when you look at this city, the status of righteous shelter of no one who created this uh, decades ago uh, took into account that we were talking about hundreds of thousands of people potentially coming to the city. Okay, Clay, first of all, as we all know, um, here he is saying a, a decompression of security at the border the right way. You either tell people they can't do this or they keep doing this, right? That, that's That's step one. Um, they won't say it because it has become a Democrat mantra that illegal, the more illegals, the better. This was interesting though over the weekend. Um, just the last couple of days, the Biden administration is considering now, and this is written up in the, in the LA Times, forcing migrant families who enter without authorization, illegals, to remain near the border in Texas while waiting for asylum screening. This is now being considered by the Biden White House. Now, what they're going to say, Clay, is, oh, this means we can concentrate the resources along the border so we can do this more efficiently. The reality is they're creating a remain in Texas policy and, you know, Arizona to some extent, New Mexico, but a remain in Texas policy for the migrants. They're going to try to federally force the migrants to stay at the border, near the border, so that L.A., Chicago and New York don't have to deal with this. Okay, so, yes, Texans, I would imagine, will be furious about this idea because it effectively makes the state of Texas responsible for the federal border crisis exclusively to a large extent. As you mentioned, Arizona, New Mexico, other crossing states become issues as well. But we're going to have Greg Abbott on tomorrow. I bet he will be teeing off. The governor of Texas right now will be teeing off on this. It's also important to point this out. Yes, Greg Abbott has bussed a lot of migrants, but I believe the number that Texas has sent on buses to New York City, Buck, is around 13,000, and the number of illegal migrants that the state of New York, and New York City in particular, is dealing with is over 110,000. So, yes, Texas has accelerated what is a mess all over the country for New York, But a lot of these migrants that are illegally entering the country are finding their way to New York, even without the help of the state of Texas. I remember during, I'm going to tell you this too, because people have asked me this recently, said, hey, why don't you go down to the border? Biden administration will allow zero cooperation for Border Patrol agents and people like me, media, I would never call myself a journalist, but, you know, media uh, folks to get some ground truth. They will not, they will not in any way be supportive of it during the trump years man i wanted to get up in a helicopter i wanted to get out there and do ride-alongs all this kind of, they, they were they were down for for whatever ground truth you wanted now it's hide it hide it from people don't let them see the processing centers they claim it's about privacy for the individuals privacy people are walking along in broad daylight waving their hands saying hey i'm an illegal give me my uh you know my free food my health care and send me to new york city but clay they were already being found and this is true of some of the children that were being uh, trafficked across the border as well. They're being found with instructions to basically get to New York City. And New York City, 
uh, is the greatest single concentration of illegals and has been for a long time in the nation, period. There are more illegals in the city of New York than any other city. I don't, you might have to look at Los Angeles County to get a full uh, comparison, but for any actual urban area, New York City has been the place they want to go. Now, this raises some interesting questions. Why is dispersing the migrants going to be anything other than just putting the costs on other communities? This whole premise of illegals are no big deal is only possible because they've been dispersed into a country of 340 million. There are at least 20 million illegals in the country right now. I don't know. Maybe it's 30. Whatever number I say, people yell at me and say it's more than that. The official number is supposed to be like 12, which is a joke. It's and at by least the way, 20. 6 million have come in since the Biden administration took over, right? The math and, and is since roughly it was 12. 6 million. Yeah. And, and we have to understand is that the, the legal system has been so convoluted and so intentionally, it's been so, um, they've messed with the, the gears of our immigration system so much that nothing really makes sense anymore. Because what I'll say is these are illegals in New York and they'll say, well, they're not illegals. They're awaiting asylum. To which I say, well, the asylum system is so backed up because of their illegal entry into the United States that it's like, you know, the whole thing is clogged. And that's intentional. And so if it's clogged, they can't actually function in the way that we set the laws up to administer uh, on, on immigration, administer these issues. And they're not going to get asylum because they're not actually asylum seekers. I come from a country that is not America, that is more poor than America, and that has a smaller or non-existent welfare state compared to America, is not asylum. Yeah, and it's it's actually um, really unfair to people all over the world who apply for refugee status here and have to go. And very few of them get it, Clay. This is people don't even think about this. Very few of them, by the numbers, actually get it. They're skipping the line. They're abusing the generosity of the American people. They're costing a lot of money. And here's the reason Democrats care about it: if this were 2025, if we were sitting here in January of 2025, you know what Eric Adams would be saying? We can, you know, we're going to get a federal bailout. We're going to get this going to be far less. They have to go through this right now because there's an election coming up and the American people have started to figure out what's going on. A hundred percent they have. And this is creating a massive issue in the left right now because the, it, this is important. The number one issue that Joe Biden is underwater in is the border and he's underwater for basically everybody. Because everybody can see what a disaster the southern border is. And all Greg Abbott and others have done is shine a spotlight on how bad Texas and the southern border has become by making New York and Chicago and Washington, D.C. and other so-called sanctuary cities uh, have to deal with the results here. And, Buck, this ties into me in a big way with the challenge that New York City is facing. And this is what the mayor has started to say, too, is... The $12 billion in budget costs, which they are projecting, is going to be what all of these different uh, Over individuals the next three cost. years, that's a projection, yeah, which is massive. A huge – their budget falls apart because that's money that they have to pull out of schools and parks and uh, all the other state functions that are involved. Now, the big issue here and the structural issue that is a major uh, component of this is New York is losing many of its highest-earning – uh, individuals, and they're deciding to go elsewhere. And a good example of this, Buck, is you went New York to Florida. You know, Florida has more people now than New York. I believe that's correct. It has half the size state budget. That is also correct, yes. 
So what is New York spending double compared to Florida and getting oftentimes worse results despite spending twice as much money? I can tell you because I looked at these numbers when I was thinking about these choices. Um, the single biggest budget outlay in the New York State budget is Medicaid, health care, welfare. That is where most of the differential comes in. And then it's the major, no surprise, what would be covered under public sector unions, the major bureaucracies, uh, you know, education bureaucracy, retiree pensions for those systems, which are absolutely just padded and, and luxurious yeah. uh, for a lot of these things. I mean, you know, they've had to do these stories about like retired Metro North workers who are making like 200 grand for waking up and they're on disability as a retired Metro North worker, but they're going jet skiing every weekend and they're in their fifties. I mean, the whole thing is, is a total, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the whole thing was such a scam. Um, and, and Clay, you know, I think uh, the, the big debate now, cause they're trying to use the pressure of the moment is, well, let's give work authorization to the illegals in New York. I think after they're processed initially for, or they register for their asylum processing in one of these centers that have been set, refugee camps. These are refugee camps, everybody. Asylum, refugee, same process, basically. Only difference is where you apply for it. We have refugee camps operating in New York City. Um, but I think they have to wait six months before they can get a work permit under the current statute. And, and this thing, all these statutes, all these laws, some they enforce, some they don't, some they interpret, some they don't. I mean, it's really the whole thing is such a mess because uh, they're doing this all in bad faith. The notion that these individuals, they're going to be, First of all, they're going to be competing for jobs at the lower end wage of the scale with other people who are already in the state of New York, which will depress wages. People say it won't. That's always not true. Um, and beyond that, that they would be uh, contributing markedly. They're not going to pay income taxes. You're not going to. You don't really pay income taxes if you make twenty five grand a year. That's the, you. You get half taxes of the United, from the government. Half of the United States population pays zero in state in right. income taxes. So, so, so if you're an illegal, this notion, oh, we just want the illegals to contribute. You have these these business owners who are saying, I read about this over the. I mean, I read the debates over the weekend on this business owners. Oh, I would love to hire them. What about just paying higher wages for the people who already live in your state? There's a lot of people in New York. You if you what what what. What is the situation in which somebody won't do a job unless they're an illegal who just arrived here? Probably one in which there's a degree of economic exploitation involved because they're in a insecure circumstance because they're not legally even allowed to be in the country. So, you know, the, the mess, it just cascades, right? The whole thing just gets worse and, and we get deeper into this. And I honestly just think Democrats are at the point now where they view this as the last push to collapse our, immigra- our immigration system entirely. Get a mass amnesty done. Uh, if Biden were to win another term and they were to get, um, people say, Oh, they need 60. They will change. They will change the filibuster rule, folks. They do not need 60. If they have 51 Senate seats and a majority in the House and Biden wins, God forbid all these things happen. Amnesty is the, is the, uh, is the end of the Republican party and everybody, I think everybody knows it. If they really get it, it's, it's all over. I mean, you'll have a political realignment a shift that will make the country unrecognizable politically, and then we'll deal with all the other ramifications of it as well. So I, I think the stakes are pretty high, Clay. No doubt. Kind of, I think it's kind of a big deal. I know. Pretty fired up about it, as people can tell. You know, there's no substitute for hard work, but there are life hacks that can improve your productivity at every turn. One of them is having the all-day energy to pursue your goals with the drive and stamina you need. If you're a guy that wants that, you can rely on Chalk's Male Vitality Stack for some help. It's a set of daily supplements that gives your body a natural boost. 
The leading ingredient in Chalk's Male Vitality Stack replenishes diminished amounts of testosterone, the most important hormone for focus, drive, and energy. After three months months of regular consumption, studies show that one ingredient can add 20% to your testosterone level. Find Chalk's entire line of products online at chalk.com. That's spelled with a Q as in C-H-O-Q.com. Use my name, Buck, to save 35% off any Chalk subscription for life. You can cancel at any time, of course. Chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com. Use my name, Buck, as you make your purchase to save yourself 35% off your monthly subscription. From the front lines of freedom and truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sex. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome in, hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Our thanks to Frank Siller coming and being with us on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. We are scheduled to talk about the Fifth Circuit decision that dropped on Friday evening uh, dealing with the First Amendment and the Biden administration's censorship of many different individuals there through their uh, relationship with big tech companies. I think this could end up being the most consequential First Amendment case of the 21st century. Maybe, maybe 
the most consequential First Amendment case since New York Times v. Sullivan. I mean, that is a possibility depending on what the Supreme Court decides to do. Uh, but you'll remember Judge Dowdy with the July 4th opinion that he held for that date, the district court judge uh, from the state of Louisiana. That opinion was upheld in most parts, and we'll discuss that with the Attorney General of Missouri, Bailey. Uh, I believe we are scheduled to be joined by him in about a half hour. But, Buck, I wanted to bring up this with you, and we teased it off the top of the show today. Uh, this was a front-page New York Times Sunday story. And for those of you out there who uh, don't pay a lot of attention to newspapers, I love looking at what the focus focal points are for things like front page Sunday newspapers, which are these stories that the New York Times plans for weeks and thinks this is a really important story. And here's the headline, Buck. President Biden keeps Hunter close despite the political peril. Subheading, the possibility of a federal indictment of Hunter Biden stunned the president, yet the bond between him and his only surviving son is ironclad. And uh, this was the opening that I thought was interesting. It says, and this is the New York Times reporting, and there are, this is uh, Katie Rogers reporting from Malibu and Washington. Of course, Hunter Biden lives in Malibu. Uh, it said... When the agreement collapsed in late July, meaning the plea agreement, Mr. Biden, whose upbeat public image often belies a more mercurial temperament, was stunned. He plunged into sadness and frustration, according to several people close to him, who spoke on the condition of anonymity to preserve their relationships with the Biden family. Since then, his tone in conversations about Hunter has been tinged with a resignation that was not there before his confidants say. This is the opening of the article. And then later, this is a long story. I mean, thousands of words, Buck. Thousands of words in, we get a really interesting pivot uh, where for years they have been saying that there is absolutely nothing that Joe Biden has done that is inappropriate. And in fact, they've been saying, as you well know, Buck, because we've been hammering this, they've been saying there's no evidence at all. And and we have on this show constantly said to our audience, well, you may not think it's a criminal nature, but it is certainly evidence. And I want to hit you with a couple. One, the New York Times in their article on Sunday changed their storyline now to no hard evidence has emerged that Mr. Biden personally profited or profited from the business deals or used his office to benefit his son's partners while he was vice president. Then there's a new phrase there, Buck, and I bet a lot of people missed it. No hard evidence. What does that even mean to you as you read this and you and and you're kind of like, well, there used to be no evidence. Now they're saying there's no hard evidence. I think hard evidence would have to be eyewitness evidence or um i guess it would be adjudicated physical evidence like printouts of the banking records that have already gone to court and i mean it, it's it's an impossible standard to meet is, is and, well point, it's a right? made-up term too because to me hard evidence is yeah. like what is soft evidence it, like i mean that, clay if you if, if, if you're defending somebody in court and you were like ladies and gentlemen of the jury it's very simple there's no hard evidence here there's only 
eyewitness testimony, a lot of circumstantial evidence, some DNA evidence, you know, your client's going to prison. Right? The absence yes. of hard evidence here. Um, no, I, I think that uh, it's very clear they've had to adjust the storyline. I, I also think this was always going to be the fallback because it's always been Biden's fallback. When Biden gets too much heat, what does he do? Plays a sympathy card. Um, and he is a man who has suffered personal tragedy. That is true. That is real. But he has also leveraged that very explicitly for political gain, especially as he has been vulnerable at different points in his political career. And and I still believe, um, for example, Clay, this notion that Biden's so frustrated or saddened by this. Hunter Biden is not going to prison, everybody. OK, it's not happening. It's not happening. Joe Biden has. I mean, how upset can he really be? He has the ability to clear effectively. He has a get-out-of-jail-free card. He has a true get-out-of-jail-free card. And even if he, even uh, there's the possibility he won't have to use that get-out-of-jail-free card because the system will still protect Hunter. I, I still believe that they're going to run some kind of interference for him at the end of this month. We'll see. We're on a pretty tight timeline here because I believe at the end of the month, the statute runs out on the gun charge. So if the statute runs out on the gun charge... They may be able to say, and they haven't brought an indictment. They may be able to say, oh, sorry, you know. I mean, look what they did with the other statutes they ran out. They Crazy. just said, yeah, nothing. They just made it go away. Um, so they're, they're using as a, as a tool here, the statute of limitations, uh, in these respects. I, I think going forward, you're likely to see the Biden camp say, you know, he loves his son. His son made mistakes. The legal process is playing out. And he hasn't been indicted four times like Donald Trump, the biggest monster in all of human history. I mean, I just think that becomes their their go-to. And, and I also think that we have to remember these things go in waves. Um, the amount of focus on – one thing Democrats do very well and, and understand very well is if you can delay the recognition of something, you can take the political impact out of it. Uh, this is one of the reasons why – for the mass shooter in tennessee the trans the trans manifesto if we ever see it by the time we see it people are going to say a lot of them wait what happened there what were the facts of that case what was the situation which is the point they've done this with so many things oh we don't know we don't know it requires more study it requires more thought and then when no one's paying attention anymore it's oh yeah it turns out i mean this has been the case with so much of the russia collusion stuff right they just held it as long as they could i think clay in this case they're also doing um, that kind of perception management, but they do it by getting ahead of it now. Okay, fine, Hunter, you know, he did some bad stuff, but there's no hard evidence linking Joe Biden, and it's his son. And it, and the idea here being, by next summer, what are they going to say? He's already dealt with all this. It's old news. We've already heard about this. Oh, the Republicans dredging up the past, right? So that's why I don't take this as... They're facing accountability right now. I think they're trying to get get it out of the way, and they hope people don't remember, assuming Biden is still the nominee, which I still assume will be the case, which I believe will be the case. I also think this is important, too, that they're moving the ball, because it's important moving the goalposts, whatever you want to say. For years, they have told everyone there's no evidence, no evidence at all. And now they're putting modifiers in front of it. What is hard evidence? Well, it's a very amorphous term. They don't even define it in the New York Times article. They just say there's no hard evidence. So does that mean there's soft evidence? Like, it's it's a term of art. It's not a legal term. It's very messy for the Times to put something like that in an article. But they're now having to put an adjective, a modifier, in front of evidence because there is tons of evidence. 
that Joe Biden was involved in Hunter well, Biden's well, business dealings. Well, this is also like what I mean, if you go back to what they did at Kavanaugh, which was one of the great public injustices in our in our lifetime, just the effort to destroy Kavanaugh. Um, they kept saying credible allegations, credible yeah. allegations. There was absolutely nothing that was credible about any of those allegations other than there were people making allegations. In fact, yeah. many of the allegations were so incredible in the sense of not able to be believed that they didn't even bring them forward because nobody was going, nobody was going to believe them. They picked the best ones they had and they ran a smear campaign, right? But remember that, Clay? It was yeah, always yeah. credible allegations against Kavanaugh. No, you stop to think, what the heck makes them credible? There's, no, there's yeah. They don't even remember what year it happened. If you don't remember what year something happened to you, I'm sorry. I don't think that means that it's a credible allegation. Um, and and but it is interesting the way they use phrases. So no evidence has become no hard evidence. And now this uh, Goldman, I think, is his name, the congressman from New York, who has become one of the foremost defenders of the Biden family, says there's no direct evidence. OK, now we've moved from there's no evidence at all. To there's no hard evidence, there's no direct evidence. So what, there's indirect evidence? These are not real terms. They're making them up in an effort to still try and shield Joe Biden. Listen to this. There's no direct evidence, everybody, even though there's tons of direct evidence. Listen. This is cut 14. There is no evidence, none whatsoever, and I don't care how much they say otherwise. I have looked at it. There is no direct evidence that President Biden was involved in any way, shape, or form in Hunter Biden's business dealings. That's actually not true. There's yeah. T- yeah, I was going to say, that's not even accurate. He's not even being artful with his word choice here. That's just a lie. <laughs> he's just yeah. lying. We know what that is. Well, but the fact that he's not saying no evidence now, he's saying no direct evidence. Right. They used to all say there's no evidence at all. And they'd wave their arms. Now it's no hard evidence, no direct evidence. They're still trying to shield him. And but, they're but using direct, these but terms of art. I wouldn't even I won't even accept that. E- even with the obfuscations that we're seeing, when when you if if I bring somebody into a phone call, right, if, yes. if, if Clay and I are going to launch the You're next you know, great involved. energy drink yeah. company and I bring somebody on and. That person is a part of the conversation and meant to convey some sense of additional gravitas. That's direct evidence that yes. they're involved Correct. in the business venture. Yes, that is direct. Not only evidence. that, as direct evidence, also when Hunter Biden has a text message and says, my father is sitting next to me and there basically will be hell to pay if you don't involve me, involve, you know, pay now. That's direct evidence. Like, your dad is sitting next to you. Phone calls are direct evidence. In-person meetings are direct evidence. Emails are direct evidence. There's tons. It's just funny to me that they initially said there was no evidence, and then I think we slammed how ridiculous that was, and they said, okay, we have to put some form of modifier in it to still try and give us some form of cover to be able to make this argument. And I still feel like... The Bidens, I mean, how stupid, lazy, and greedy do you have to be? You know, you're a vice president. Someone, you're going to have a ghost-written memoir that you're going to yep. get, you know, a $4 million or an $8 million dollar advance for or whatever, just because that's how, you know, the system takes care of itself with this stuff. You're giving speeches at $200,000 a pop. You're going to be on the boards of companies. But Hunter just had to just, you know, he didn't want a $150,000 speech for pops, and then he'll do his little stuff on the side. It was... I want $20 million from China. 
Well, if you want $20 million from China, you're going to have to give them more than a crappy memoir <laughs> as the vice president, right? So I'm just saying they it was all so easy for the Bidens to enrich themselves by legal means is as you know, and look, every both sides do this. Everyone's like, you know, you write books, I write books. We're not politicians, but you know, everyone's trying to produce their own content. But the way that Hunter did it, it just, it, to me, it's just stupid, lazy and greedy, the whole thing. Yeah. And it was, he did all this while Biden was still vice president. Like it may not be like clean. Reckless. So, you need to add yeah. reckless. I need to add reckless into the conversation. It, yeah. it may not be clean when you're a former president and to your point, you get paid $200,000. You get paid millions of dollars for a book. Like you're clearly being paid for the work that you did, but most people have the decency to at least wait till they leave office to actually turn on the money spigots. They weren't even willing to do that. And again, this is why I come back to Buck. I think this is because Biden thought his political career was over. I think that's the, that's the thing that connects all this. Why were they so reckless? He thought he was done. He was retiring. He was like, now's the time to cash in. I actually would go so far as to say I think that Biden ran in 2020 to keep the machinery that I just talked about, the books and the speeches, and, you know, to keep to stay in the game. Biden in politics is a for-profit enterprise. Is ever he, he really, you know, his whole life he's been a public servant, so he's been you know paid by the by the, the taxpayer. But as soon as it came time to cash in, it was gotta stay, gotta stay in the game, gotta stay relevant in some way. So I don't, I don't believe that he even ran in 2020 himself, thinking he would be the nominee. I don't Joe think Biden Joe Biden shouldn't exist. That. Joe Biden shouldn't exist, Buck. Like if you want to point, you should never be a professional politician for 50 years. Right. In an ideal world, certainly our founding fathers would have never wanted somebody to be on the the, the dole for the government for their entire job. Like what skill set does Joe Biden have that doesn't involve being in the government? Nothing. Yeah. Are you on a fixed income? If so, look at an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. Phoenix Capital Group offers high-yield corporate bonds with returns of 9 to 13% annual interest that pays out monthly. With 2,000-plus satisfied investors paid on time every time, Phoenix Capital Group is giving investors a new high-yield option investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 13% annual interest. Download the free investment guide today at PHX on air. That's PHX on air.com. Now I'm a Phoenix investor myself, but investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it. And you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss before making investment decisions. You should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit PHX on air.com today. Play Travis and Buck Sexton. On the front lines of truth. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are joined now by Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. And uh, appreciate the work that you are doing. This story, I feel like, unfortunately, has slid a little bit under the radar because the Fifth Circuit decision came out on Friday evening, right as everybody rolled into the weekend. And even the initial district court decision came out on July 4th. So... Uh, uh, A.G. Bailey, for our audience out there, what has the Fifth Circuit determined that the Biden administration has been doing to restrict the marketplace of ideas, the First Amendment discussion, 
surrounding COVID. For people who have not seen this story at all, give us a rundown of where we are from a legal perspective. Yeah, absolutely. This is a huge win in protecting our First Amendment right to free speech. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals on Friday issued a 74-page opinion affirming the district court order preventing the Biden administration and federal officials from silencing American voices on big tech social media platforms. And specifically, the court said that Joe Biden used the power of the presidency to threaten social media into censoring truthful speech in an orchestrated campaign of a magnitude never seen before in our country. To put that in historical context, go back to 1798 when uh, just our second president, John Adams, and the Federalists instituted the, the Sedition, Alien and Sedition Act that was designed to imprison anyone who questioned the federal government's foreign policy. That was bad, but the court has identified that what we've uncovered in this lawsuit is much worse. These are the worst First Amendment violations in this nation's history, and we're going to keep fighting. We're not going to let Joe Biden destroy free speech in America. A.G. Bailey, thanks for being with us. It's Buck. What do you see here as the consequences for this, or or what would stop more of this from happening i mean so the court has ruled against what biden did but it feels like i mean is it it's yeah what they did is bad we all should know that but is it just a strongly worded letter telling them not to do it again no look there's a preliminary injunction that's going to go into effect and then we're going to get the merits discovery and we're going to seek a permanent injunction you know the court has identified that the past chilling effect of government censorship has caused individuals to self-censor. Thus, the harm is ongoing. And it's not just the speakers who are deplatformed, de-emphasized, shadow banned, removed from big tech. It's the listeners as well, all the, the people who deserve to or had the, uh, the constitutional right to receive information. And this is important information. This is, you know, COVID, the COVID tyranny was the, uh, the, the Trojan horse that got the enemy behind the gate. And so this was important health information that individuals needed so that they could make individual health care decisions. And they were deprived of that due to the federal government censorship campaign. But I would also point out that, you know, as we move into an election cycle next year, it is important more now, now more than ever to build a wall of separation between tech and state, that this monopoly, this oligarchic monopoly, has been empowered uh, by Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which has made it an easy target for federal demands of censorship. And so that's why that preliminary injunction was the first brick in that wall that was laid on July 4th in celebration of our nation's independence. And we're going to keep adding to that wall. Uh, You know, we will be able to use the power of contempt of the court order to enforce the provisions of the court order. I think it's time that Congress consider appointing an inspector general who could uh, monitor compliance with the court order. And at the end of the day, why is no one calling for Joe Biden's impeachment? He has dedicated himself to continual violations of our constitutional right to free speech. If that's not an impeachable offense, I don't know what is. Amen. And we're talking to Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. And, and, And so I think this is really important what you just hit on. Not only has Biden potentially in his administration been now found likely to have violated the First Amendment in a way that almost no one living today would have ever experienced in terms of your federal government's uh, aggressive action to try to limit what citizens could say. Also, the media is almost not covering this. And if you think about the idea of oh, threats to our sacred democracy and all the fainting couches that have gone on for January 6th, what the Biden administration did here is actually the biggest direct threat to our democracy that I can remember because the marketplace of ideas is the very foundation of our democracy because if we can't debate issues, 
then we don't have a free republic anymore. We don't have actual freedom of speech. Shouldn't uh, all of these media outlets be terrified if they were being honest and standing on principle to be covering this? Yeah, absolutely. It's shameful that they've ignored this or sided with the other with the, the left and said, oh, look, there was no coercion. Well, that's not what the evidence showed, because the court found that there were express threats and implicit threats. There was an unspoken or else that if the the uh, you know, if the, if the big tech social media didn't acquiesce to the demands of the White House and the FBI and the Department of Justice, they would be punished. In fact, the court found that the White House had active plans to punish uh, big tech social media. You know, at the end of the day, we can demonstrate we have put on in court and the Fifth Circuit affirms that the uh, tech social media platforms changed their algorithms to satisfy the federal officials demands. And, the, the, you know, it was a Biden post about a vaccine uh, hesitancy that re- was removed uh, that, ca- that triggered so much of this. The White House Communications uh, Digital Director, Rob Flaherty, then demanded Meta change its censorship policies. And so. This is in the direct response and demand to the coercion from the federal government, and it's viewpoint discrimination, to your point. Look, this isn't about truth. It's about power. It's not like Biden actually sat around saying, okay, this is good, that's bad. He's not calling fair balls and strikes here. First of all, the government has no role in doing that. So that's, that's a red herring to begin with. But even if you believe that, that's not what happened here. It was a viewpoint discrimination. In court on May 26, when the judge looked at the Department of Justice, Biden's attorneys, and said, give me one example of speech you censored that wasn't conservative, the only example they had was RFK. So another political opponent of Joe Biden, they're silencing opposition. That is, uh, it, you know, again, that's a weaponization of the Department of Justice to undermine uh, our freedom in a betrayal of our values. Attorney General Bailey, is, is there any part of this that will either turn into someone, in this case it would be the federal government, writing checks or someone going to jail for defying the, the injunction? I'm, I'm just wondering again, like, what's to stop them from doing? Yes, a judge has said, don't do this. Yes, you're going to hopefully get a unit, as you said, a, a permanent injunction. But are they paying a price for this? Is there any way they could yeah. pay a price for this? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, this was a preliminary injunction based on preliminary evidence that we obtained through discovery process. 20,000 pages of documents, numerous depositions to include, quote unquote, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, you know, who, uh, again, I, I, I think we can demonstrate that he was not truthful with us in deposition and certainly was involved in this vast censorship enterprise. And again, I'm not concerned about uh, COVID tyranny uh, that, you know, let me take that back. I'm concerned about COVID tyranny, but this goes much further. And COVID was just the Trojan horse that got the enemy behind the gate. So we've got to stay vigilant and stay on top of it. And I think through merits discovery, as we get into additional discovery, we can monitor compliance with the court order. And we'll take people to court. We will hold them, uh, ask the court to hold them in contempt if they're violating this court order. But long term, I think you're absolutely right. We've got to build that wall of separation between tech and state, either through legislation or through court orders. And Congress needs to look at appointing an inspector general to monitor compliance. Uh, last question quickly for you. Do you expect this to go to the Supreme Court? What's the timeline under which that might occur? Yeah, 10 days from Friday uh, is when the uh, court order will go into effect. And so that's how long the Department of Justice has to appeal the decision to the United States Supreme Court. But long term, that's exactly where this is going. A hundred years from now, there are law students in, in constitutional law that will crack open a con law book and will see Missouri v. Biden as the leading case on First Amendment rights, a turning point in this nation's history where we restored the value in the right to free, fair, and open debate in, in the open marketplace of ideas, uh, absent government censorship. And so that's why this is so important, why we're going to keep fighting to defend our right to free speech. Big win. Thank you for coming on and explaining it to all of our audience. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, we appreciate it.
Thanks, guys. All the best to you and your listeners. No doubt. College football's back, as many of you out there know. Most college students back on campus, too. For many, first time they've been in charge of their own personal finances. Guess what? Makes them an easy target for cyber scammers. Online identity thieves may take advantage of students' newfound freedom to try and access personal info. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. If you've got a son or daughter on campus, important you inspire them to protect their own online identity. Best way for you to do that is with LifeLock. Their online identity theft protection, second to none, LifeLock's online systems monitor transactions and new account openings by the billions per week, looking for evidence of wrongdoing. If they spot something, they're in touch with you immediately. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year with my name, Clay, as your promo code. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com. Use promo code Clay for 25% off. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. No surprise, but do you know the number of abortions in states where it's deemed legal have increased since the overturning of Roe v. Wade? Sadly, unborn babies' lives are more at risk than ever, and that's where preborn steps in. Preborn introduces moms to their precious babies through ultrasound. When a mom in crisis hears her baby's heartbeat and sees her or him on ultrasound, she is twice as likely to choose life. Preborn has rescued hundreds of thousands of babies' lives, and their network of clinics are located in the highest abortion states, standing strong for moms in crisis and the most vulnerable preborn babies. Five ultrasounds are just $140, helping to rescue five babies. Preborn relies on donations from us. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck sponsored by preborn. 
Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. A quick thing, I misspoke. I, I think I referred to Biden as callow. I meant to say shallow or callous or both. He is those things. He's definitely not callow because that's inexperienced. Can't, even if I'm even if I'm on the train of thought, Clay, can't say a word that doesn't apply. Got to get the definitions always uh, tight here on the show. So uh, a quick editor proviso, a uh, quick edit to that. No, not a proviso, an edit to that. Um, we have our friend Frank Siller with us now. He's the founder and CEO of Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which does amazing work. Uh, Frank, thank you so much for being with us. It's the anniversary of 9-11. It's a solemn day, a day of remembrance for, for the whole country. Uh, just first off, tell us, uh, if you would, how things are, are going today with the foundation. What are things that Tunnel to Towers is, is doing, and, and what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, my thought, and thank you for having me on, and, and it's important uh, for me to talk about my brother, Stephen, New York City firefighter, who 22 years ago gave up his life, you know, while saving others. And, you know, so many great stories of heroism and acts of courage and selflessness, and these stories have to be told. And my brother, you know, ran through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel with 60 pounds of fire gear on his back to get there because the tunnel was closed for security reasons, and he was just off to, you know, he was on his way home after working his night tour, and, and uh, you know, had a call to duty, and, you know, tunnel was closed, but he put his gear on his back and ran through that tunnel up the West Street to the South Tower and went up those up that tower, and while saving lives, he gave up his own, and, you know, we decided as a family to start a foundation in his honor, which is called Tunnel to Towers, and rightfully so, because he ran through the tunnel to the towers, and you know the work we're doing. Uh, it's it's incredible. We're proud of it. We have so many people that have joined us on a mission. We're taking care of, what I say is the greatest of all Americans, those who are willing to die for you and I, and all too often do, our first responders, police officers, firefighters, and certainly our military, who uh, always put their lives on the line. And when they do die and they leave young kids behind, Tunnel to Towers Foundation, we're going to deliver them a mortgage-free home. Frank, can you believe it's been 22 years? And for people out there who may not be aware, how many families have you directly impacted in those 22 years who have lost loved ones and you've helped, as you just said, mortgage-free homes? What's the total number of families? You may not even know. I bet you have a rough idea of how many people you've made a difference for. I I know it's over a 1,000 mortgage-free homes we've delivered, many of them are smart homes, the catastrophically injured service members or first responders that, you know, like double, triple, quadruple amputees, paraplegics, quadriplegics, traumatic brain injury. You know, those have suffered so much 
the most catastrophically injured. We've delivered, you know, so many of those uh, homes, and they're not inexpensive. I mean, you can imagine what we have to put into them to make sure that they get their some of their independence back in their lives so they don't have to ask their loved ones, their caretakers, to make them a cup of coffee or to do something on a stove or go to the bathroom or take a shower that they needed to help. No, we put state-of-the-art technology in all, all these homes. And then, you know, some, you know, first responders, you, you, hear, you see all the police officers that, you know, that are ambushed, killed, and, you know, whether it's that way or they, or they you know, are doing their job and they die in the line of duty uh, and they leave young families behind, we're going to make sure that everyone, everyone in America that has a young family left behind, we're going to pay off their mortgage. But if they don't have a home, we're going to build them a home. So, you know, once again, it's over a 1,000, but there's so much more. So, you know, we 22 today. We paid off 22. Uh, we delivered 22 mortgage-free homes today. Why today 22? Well, it's the 22nd anniversary, and we decided as a family that we're going to make sure that people realize that goodness always triumphs over evil, and we took this day especially to make sure that we did something good on this day. Yes, we know the horrific uh, uh, what these terrorists did. They killed. They, if they killed more Americans, they'd even be happier. But how many acts of heroism that day? We we got to honor it. We got to honor it by doing good, and that's why 22 homes were given away today. We're speaking to Frank Siller, founder and CEO of Tunnel to Towers Foundation, and uh, Frank. You know, it's because we're so many years past the event, there is this, uh, there's a generation now that doesn't really have memory of it, um, doesn't really have the experience of what it was that day. Uh, do you have concerns that there's a, a sense that some are starting to forget the significance of 9-11 and, and what can be done so that people understand this, not only the, the heroism, the sacrifices of that day, but also the lessons uh, for the nation. Yeah, well, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. And that's why we have a 9-11 Institute. We have a curriculum for K, for K through 12 where you can go to T2T.org, download it, and, and you can be a parent that can download it or a teacher or a school can download age-appropriate and learn the stories of 9-11 told by some of the great heroes that lived that that lived that lived day and they lost their friends and their brothers and their co-workers. You know, it's... Uh, and then we have a 9-11 mobile exhibit that goes all over the country, 93-foot tractor trailer that opens up to 1,100-square-foot museum, which we have all different artifacts and, the, and stories of 9-11 told by firefighters that lived that day once again. We have... Over two, uh, we have a, a, a um, speakers bureau that we have over 200 firefighters that uh, that goes go around the country for us all year long and speak of 9/11. So it's important that we never forget, and not just like you said, because there's so many stories, like my brother and and I could tell you so, so many great stories of great heroes, but to make sure it doesn't happen again, because these Islamic terrorists. If they put a zero after 2,977, if it, you know, if it was 229,770, they would have been even happier. You know, as many zeros at the end, they would have been ecstatic. So, you know, there are people out there that will try it again. And sad to say, you know, I saw uh, um, uh, Homeland Security guy, the Mayorkas, uh, this morning down at Ground Zero, I, I pointed right at him and I said, close the border. 
I mean, I yelled it at him. And it's not just because all the illegals that are coming in here. It's because of terrorists that are coming here. You don't think that these terrorists that want to harm us are coming across the border and being patient and waiting and trying to put together another plan like 9-11? You better believe they are. And if you don't, you're a fool. Uh, and this is why we got to make sure that we tell the story so it doesn't happen again. Frank, I'm going to be up there with you next month uh, in a much less serious vein. Neither you nor I are going to be winning the U.S. Open golf tournament anytime soon, but we're oh, going wait, to help. Wait, 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 wait. Don't put me in your category, please. But, you know, I, I mean, Frank I, I is know a far better golfer please. than I am, but we are going to be raising money up in the New York City area. I don't know if you have any spots left, uh, but for that no. huge golf tournament, maybe next year people want to be involved. Tell them how they could be involved in that next month. Well, so it is already uh, sold out. Uh, they'd have to go online for next year, and I don't know exactly when we're doing it. But, you know, we have great people like yourself that are willing to give us your time and your talent, your energy, um, and and your platform uh, to spread the word. You know, I have Cole Hauser that's coming, Mark Wahlberg, Dennis Quaid, uh, Andy Pettit, uh, uh, David David Wells, That you know, uh, David Wells was in the news the other day, you know, uh, you know, talking about what's right. You know, he's a very outspoken person, uh, besides pitching a, a perfect game for the Yankees. So, you know, we have so many beautiful people, Wally Joyner. And, and by the way, a lot of these people put golf outings on for us all over the country. Uh, Wally Joyner is putting, I think, five golf outings next year, celebrity golf outings in different states for Tunnel to Towers to raise money for us. David Wells has a golf outing in Tampa in, in uh, October 6th and 7th, celebrity golf outing. Um, you know, w- you know, where is Johnny Damon and and uh, uh, Jeff Nelson and many other the, these great uh, uh, talent, you know, athletes are coming to um, to David's uh, outing, and and they keep on they raise all this money for us. You know why? Because of our mission. Because of our mission and. We're going to raise a lot of money uh, in October for, uh, to take care of these houses and to take care of these great heroes. But uh, we count on the goodness of everyday uh, Americans. And I'm not, you know, I don't like talking about money on a day like today by any means. I want to talk about more that, like, you're lending your talent, like I said before, your name and your platform to come and spread the the word of the goodness and the good that the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is doing. Final note. We're successful because of the work we're doing. It's plain and simple, taking care of these great families. If the Tunnels of Towers Foundation, and our first mission is to never forget, and that's exactly why I'm on the phone with you today. Remember my brother, what he did? He was married, five kids, gave his life. He was the youngest of seven siblings. He was my youngest. He was my little brother, you know, and and my parents died by the time he was 10 years old. So we raised him. He was as much a son to me and to my siblings as he was a brother. And this is why I am on on the phone with you. But we are successful because of the work we are doing, plain and simple, taking care of these great families. And uh, I can't thank you enough, uh, uh, Clay and Buck, uh, for having me on today. And let me tell a little, just a little bit about my brother, Stephen, who my heart breaks. I, I, I don't care how many years it is. My heart breaks. I miss him so much. 
Frank Stiller. Frank, uh, we really appreciate you. The whole country appreciates the work you do, and we're honored uh, to be partnered with you and continuing to help you with that work. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you all. God bless all these families that lost their loved ones and ones that died in 9-11 illness and the 7,000 that died ever since in the global war of terror. A lot of families affected by what happened on September 11, 2001. Let us never forget. Thank you, Frank. Look, everybody, it's true. Tunnel the Towers has been our sponsor since day one of this program, and prior to that, they're with Rush for years. Frank is a big part of the Clay and Buck extended family, and together, along with this audience, we will never forget. If you watched any of the coverage this morning at the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and the site where Flight 93 went down over Pennsylvania, one thing that really stood out were all the young people reading the names of those we lost. Names of brothers, sisters, parents, even grandparents they never met. It was powerful and really underscores the importance of making sure that future generations are educated about our nation's darkest day. This is why the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute was launched to help educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about 9-11. Their nonfiction first-person accounts are told through videos and a captivating book series. These accounts are moving and unparalleled. Kids will not forget these true and critically important stories. The Institute offers full curriculum units with scripted social studies lessons, activities, and background for teachers. Included in that is a speaker's bureau for classrooms with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. To never forget, we must educate future generations. Help our nation honor its vow. There's a day to decide to donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers. It's today to honor those affected. Join us in doing so at T2T.org. Clay and I donate every month. Please join us if you can. T, the number two, T.org. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, our service members, and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty, as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risked their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off 
by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.